Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, I'm Ryan Meeks, and after years of trying to make life work as a struggling artist, independent filmmaker, and musician, I thought to myself, hey, self, wouldn't it be helpful to ask other artists how they're finding their path in this world? And so now, that's exactly what I'm doing on a bi-weekly basis. Welcome to the Path of Art. Welcome to the Path of Art. Uh, I'm here with Ro Malaga. Is, did I say that right? You did. In, Malaga, in, all right. Well, yeah, in English, M- Malaga, right? In Spanish, mm. Malaga. Malaga. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a bit more smooth the way you got to say it, Malaga. Smooth, sexy, delicious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we've got Ro Malaga here. Uh, he's done a lot of really great stuff. I mean, he was in High School Musical, which is... Uh, Pretty well known. Everyone, anyone that knows him knows that. Uh, but uh, he's he's also like a, a dance instructor. He uh, is a DJ. You can see him at Fear Factory DJing, which mm-hmm. is always cool. So whenever I go there, I always check to see if Ro is in the booth DJing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and he's uh, the business director at uh, Fanex, and. He just does so much, so many creative aspects to his life. Not only that, but he's the most enjoyable person that you can talk to. Welcome to the show, Ro. Thank you so much, Ryan. It means so much coming from you. And thank you for this invite. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to just get into your career, your path, and just kind of, you know, dissect it a little. And, you know, there's creatives, we kind of just have our hands in a lot of places, right? And it's fun to see someone that's been successful, not just in one of those places. And that's, and that's you. You've been, you've been successful in multiple places where creatives are, are trying to, to go. You're making me think about my career path or careers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I'm careers. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And I mean, uh, I mean, myself as well, you know, like, so I'm, I'm doing podcasting, but I am also a musician. I'm also uh, writing a script for a film that I want to write. You know, it's, we just get into these things, right? Exactly. It no. happens. And that's one of the biggest things I want to talk about today is just the creative. Sometimes we spread ourselves so much, right? right. Exactly. But, but it's, it's a great part of the journey being able to do one thing, other thing, uh, you know, and when people say, Hey, tell me about your day. I'm like, which part? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so so tell me about your most known work. So for the people listening, just so they, they can get to know you a bit more, what's your most known work? So my most well-known work here in Utah, of course, is High School Musical 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. uh, for the Disney franchise. 
And uh, and so, what did you do in those? I mean, I, I know that you danced, but what what else? Uh, what else can you describe? About I got that? blisters. I got a sore back. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I lost some hair from head spinning. <laughs> the All whole right. shebang. No, it, it was. I was really fortunate. Mm-hmm. Auditions came up, and I became a principal dancer. One of twelve. There were twelve slots. Six uh, gentlemen, six female slots, and I was one of uh, the six principal male dancers for high school one, two, and three. And then along the way, I became the associate choreographer for high school two mm-hmm. and assistant choreographer for high school musical three. Awesome. And so what is, tell me about your most recent work. My most recent work, you can find me at the Salt Palace Convention Center every September with Fan X. Of course, it's the largest comic and pop culture convention uh, event that we have here in Salt Lake City, Utah, mm-hmm. right? It's huge. And yeah, it's it's super big. It's amazing. It's incredible. But I mean, people can consistently see me in that and on top of the other side projects. Awesome. And uh do you do the cosplay contest there? Yes. One of the other things that I do is the cosplay contest. I help produce the cosplay contest. I have a team of people that are way smarter than I am <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the field of cosplay and tallying, uh, you know, judges votes and all that stuff. And so, yeah, me with the team, we go ahead and put it on. Uh, it's usually a ballroom of 5,000 people, and we have some of the top cosplays that enter into FanX. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just incredible. We get um, Now, I got to gloat a little bit because, you know, we've had awesome people through on that stage, Chris Evans, Stanley, you know, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. They get 40, 40, 45 minutes. Cosplay contest gets two hours. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so they they are more important, then, uh, right? I mean, hey, if they want to warm up the show and have me end it, you know, that Saturday night, uh, I'm down. <laughs> right, right. So um, as a multi-talented person, how do you balance time between all of this? Multi-talented depends on the person you're asking to describe me. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's um, you become hopefully along the uh, along your journey, you become better with time management. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. And uh, like you know, when I'm uh, before we went ahead and started, I asked you about your kids and your family and everything. And in my mind, I'm like, how does he juggle? Because I'm seeing you push buttons and do this thing and talking mm-hmm. about side project. I'm like, I'm like, time management is so important because mm-hmm. if you don't, everything goes into chaos, right? If one thing mm-hmm. bleeds into another, you don't uh, you miss deadlines. It is just like you need to become a better master of your own time management. And right. I'll, I'll tell you this, like I have a tendency not to sleep as much at night and kind of stay up. And that's where mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, it's uh, it's 10 o'clock at night. It's time to get creative. My body just, right. you know. That's what happens yeah. though. Right Late at night, you're just like, oh, I can't go to sleep now. Do you have a, uh, a pen and pad by by, uh, by where you sleep and stuff or around the house? Uh no, but I do have a laptop oh. right next to my bed because that's that I I type faster mm-hmm. than I write, and so and so when I have an idea, if I try to write it out, yeah. it's gone like halfway through the sentence, right? And so I gotta type it as quickly as possible. Exactly, that, those ideas, um, you know, artistry, uh, lyrics, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I was you know when I was doing more choreography, I would sit there and I would think about concepts, and they would come to me, and I'm like, I'm like, I need to write this down, otherwise I forget it, and then it's seven a.m. and You're like, I I thought it, it's on the tip of my tongue, right. I forgot what it was. If you don't. Don't write it down. <laughs> you you lose to. it. You have to write it down. For anybody that's watching or listening, uh, do you remember that old school Jerry Seinfeld episode where he's look? He had like this like perfect joke. Oh, the perfect joke <laughs> yeah. one. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes because I'm like, what is this chicken scratch right. that I did in the middle of the night <laughs> in the dark? So yeah. So yeah. It is so like relevant. To oh, totally. Being creative. That's so totally. Hilarious. Time management is going to help totally. us out. <laughs> so uh, what is what are the biggest influences and uh like how do you and how do you integrate them into your styles whether it be uh djing or dance or or anything do you- ah. 
Do you have any insights there? I love this because I just came back from fueling my creativity. Um, I just, uh, the girlfriend and I, we went to Coachella. Like mm-hmm. th- this past weekend, right? right? And I come from, like, I grew up in L.A. I was born in Bolivia, South America, grew up in L.A. I'm not the biggest camper. Like, I've gone camping maybe twice. And, like, you know, well, one of those was probably glamping, okay? Like, I'm going to be honest with everybody. And so, like. Not, not, the, not the most outdoorsy person. <laughs> what is a porta potty Yeah. Um, so, uh, we did the three days of car camping, four days. And then we went to this music festival that had all these creatives and all these Mm. different artwork and all these people coming from, you know, it's just you and maybe 250,000 other people, you know, that are are at the venue, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No biggie. But, um, but it just, it fuels you because of your idea. So you like me personally, I take everything from fashion, from, you know, world topics, from uh, domestic topics, like all these different things that come into, into play. I've done choreography that has been from um, children's stories. Like one time I went ahead and told my uh, pre-professionals, you're going to dress up as teddy bears. I'm just going to, you know, and they're just jamming a black eyed peas and doing the thing, you know, and it's just like you t- pick and choose everything around you. I learned from other mentors. They're, they're like, J- open up mm-hmm. your eyes. Inspirations around you. Mm-hmm. You just need to go ahead and pay attention to the matrix. Yeah. I, I think that um, sometimes we have this illusion mm-hmm. that um, you can just make anything in a vacuum. Oh, yeah. And. Mm-hmm. That's that's just simply not true. It, it reminds me, I, I'm I'm a Trekkie, and so I, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I'm a huge Star Trek fan. But <clears throat> there's this episode where where Data's playing this piece that he made, mm-hmm. and and they're like, Data's an android. For yeah. those of you that don't know, he's not a, he's 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 a computer, right? And um and uh, he the crew talks to him. And they're like, that was beautiful. And he's like, but I didn't make it. I just took from this artist and this artist and Bach and whatever, and uh and then I. Uh, and then I put into it, you know, like what I thought that, you know, kind of had meaning to me. Exactly. And they're like, that's you created it. That's you creating a piece of art data. And he's like, oh, <laughs> but, it, but it's so no but it's so true. It's like you, you have to have some kind of reference, you know, mm-hmm. you have to reference something. And it, when something inspires you, that's when you go out and then really, truly create something Exactly. Heart, right? Exactly. And I love that you bring that up because you got, got me thinking. Um, I remember being on set of High School Musical, one, one of the movies with Kenny Ortega. And during some downtime, you know, everybody goes in and talks. But he was talking to the dancers about this one time. He, uh, he, um, he studied under Gene Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. And Gene Kelly gets a call. He goes, hey, there's this uh, big wig. Um, there's a new guy that sings. Uh, he's going to be in this um, in this production of you know um, you know Damn Yankees, and uh, he wants to come. He's not the biggest dancer though. You got to mm-hmm. go ahead and help him out. And uh, Gene Kelly's like, well, like, oh, what do you mean he doesn't dance? He goes, well, he doesn't dance. He just kind of gets on the microphone, sings his heart out, you know, with his baby blues, and does his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, well, does he do sports? And they go, yeah. And he goes, tell him to meet me at Beverly Hills Park. You know, bring a bat and glove or whatever. Um, goes, this gentleman joins him. Um, the gentleman's name is Frank Sinatra. Oh, <laughs> just that gentleman. That, that gentleman. <laughs> um, and instead of taking him through like a five, six, seven, eight in a studio, in a dance studio, mm-hmm. he put the reference in, in baseball. 
And so he utilized these baseball movements uh, that Kenny ended up taking motivation from, mm-hmm. putting them into the second High School Musical movie where we were on, the, yeah, we were yeah. on the baseball diamond and using gloves to go oh, through choreography right, right. and using that <clears throat> motion of swinging a bat with for our stuff, right. you know? Because it's it's body movement that he understands. Exactly. That's, that's great. That's brilliant. P- putting it into mm-hmm. that vessel so that it can click and the dots can connect. And that's what I think about getting motivation and having mm-hmm. things that inspire you. Maybe it is just a painting to you how do you put that into a stage production how do you put something that's not audible into something that people can hear you know and vice versa right, right? trying to do all that but that's just part of the that's that's what makes the process fun and challenging mm-hmm. and gets you excited about things right that's brilliant insight mm-hmm. and so what do you know like about hustle and this actually could kind of go along with what we were talking about like time management and like mm-hmm. balancing things because i found out um, especially from my last interview, I, ju- I just did an interview with the artist that uh, he was the artist that created the Misfits album art. That's okay? incredible. Yeah, he was a great guy to, to talk with. If anyone out there hasn't listened to it, go ahead and listen to the last episode. It was, it was a really good one. But one thing that he said really connected with me lately, and it he said, I wake up, I'm working. I go to bed, I'm working. <laughs> he, he just works all day long. And, you know, as a creative, we... we I mean, when we get inspiration, we are just, bam, mm-hmm. we are just on it. Yep. Um, when that inspiration isn't there, we're like, huh, what am I going to do today? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Right. But I've been pushing myself to hustle over the last week and I've gotten so much done. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are, do you have any insights on, on hustle kind of, um, like how, how it determines the outcome of something? Definitely. Um, this is what I want everyone to know. There's a way that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Some of us uh, treat it as a nine to five. Others of us treat it from sun up to sundown. I'm always going to be doing something, right? Like there's a there's a brilliant like you know social media quote. You know you got the same 24 hours that Beyonce has. Right, right, <laughs> you know that, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Me, I'm a night owl. So throughout the process of dance, um, we were in studio starting at maybe 11 o'clock at night because mm-hmm. some of us had you know day jobs or we had right. other responsibilities Families and other totally. Stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I love it. Oh, and for those of you that uh, are in the Salt Lake Valley, you know, Trolley Square downtown. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There used to be a dance studio there. And my friends, when we were together, I'm telling you, it's people that ended up dancing for Cirque du Soleil. It's people that ended up on uh, the top five, top three of So You Think You Can Dance. Like this group of talented individuals, we all get misfits came, coming together because we love movement and music mm-hmm. and performing. And I was so fortunate to be in the midst of these people, but they made buddies with a with a dance, um, dance owner. Mm-hmm. And so we had keys to that studio and we would go in late at night because we made friends with the security people and we would start our rehearsals like 11 o'clock at night and we would just go Mm-hmm. And we had free use of the space, but that's when our creative juices were going and the mm-hmm. sun was down, there was nobody around and we could go ahead and start creating for our activities, for our events, for everything that we were doing. And it was just, it was incredible. But in that sense, that's what worked. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm at Fan X, I can't be returning emails at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the responsibility things, like they get you. And it, when you're a creative, you're. Mo- I feel most creative at like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the issue. And so, and so that the fact that I have a family and stuff, I mean, sometimes I still get to stay up until two in the morning. But the next day, I'm just wrecked. <laughs> I'm like trying to, you know, just trying to get my kids up for school, and I'm try and I can barely stay awake myself, you know, type of thing. And and so I kind of 
sometimes I just have to adjust my schedule to the daytime, you know? Oh, no, and definitely. Definitely. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day, and it was like, I'm like, it's funny, because, you know, one night, um, you know, one day I'm showing my ID to get into the club. The next day I'm showing my ID to get into Costco and look for samples, <laughs> you know, and get good deals. <laughs> it comes at you, but that's all part of the process. And, you know, hopefully, even if, even if you do have certain habits, you can hopefully find a way to, like, just modify them slightly so it fits into your time frame and your time management mm-hmm. a little bit better, right? Right. Without stifling that creativity that juice that and then just that motivation to just go ahead and create and crush it okay we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back with Roe. i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in october of 1985 a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Path of Art. We're here with Roma Laga, and we're talking about his life and career, just how he how he's seen the success that he has. And so, Ro, how did you get into dancing and music in the first place? Ooh, okay. First of all, like, um, like I told you, um, born in South America, right, in mm-hmm. Bolivia, raised in California, in L.A. by the time I was three years old, mm-hmm. right? But I was in this melting pot of people. You have the Mexicans, the Hondurans, the Colombians. You've got refugees from all parts of the world and stuff in East L.A. Mm-hmm. And, and a melting pot of creativity, oh, too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, right? Chicano culture, like Afro culture, all these different mm-hmm. things. But on my block... There was a thing called hip hop and it was incredible. And it just like the drums and the lyrics just vibe. And and there were all these older kids, you know, people's uh, uh, cousins and uh, brothers and stuff that would do this thing called top rocking. And then they would flip and then they would spin on their head. Top rocking is the top portion of your dance before you go into the 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 break dancing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So the, okay. Exactly. Before doing the ground moves, you got a top rock or up rock, right? So, sorry about the side tangent here, but so what is, uh, what is b-boying then yeah i love b-boying? it i love it so <laughs> one of the other things that like dance led me to is actually lecturing at colleges and universities like salt lake community culture uh, almost every year i used to get called up because they had a dance and culture program mm-hmm. and they're like hey come and talk about hip-hop so i would take them through some of these historical facts and right, how, like right. this thing got created but basically b-boying uh, the, uh Nobody wrote down the history of this particular thing, but it's common amongst our people that b-boying or b-girling break boys, break girls. There used to be a break in the record, right? We're talking about soul. We're talking about funk. There's this part in the uh, in the record where the vocals would drown out, and it would just be boom, like the breakdown in metal music, right? Yeah, and that's where they were waiting to get into the groove to go and break on those, you know, dance on those breaks, break boys, break girls, and then the DJ is like, well. The break is only so long. 
I can only have one, maybe two dancers to go ahead and compartment. But what if I went ahead and had a loop? Right. With two turntables. And then when this. You can just part, keep going yeah, and going. And, go, mm-hmm. and create a bigger space for more people to dance and enjoy right. that groove, enjoy that break, right? Okay. So, like, we, like a lot of us in, in the community, agree that, that it's break boys, break girls, B boys, B girls. Okay, that type cool. Of thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that tangent there. <laughs> but so, okay. So, back to this. You you saw the hip hop. You're like, oh, this I is want, awesome. I want to spin on my head. I want to flip. And you do it. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't turn out so well the first couple hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done. Capoeira, which isn't breakdancing, yes. but yeah, the spinning on the head is very hard. Dude, you look at it, and the moves look—they make it look so clean and smooth. Mm-hmm. And then, and you're like, I can do that. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. Um, guess again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant lesson in humility, right? When you right. go into arts like that, and um, yeah, but I kept at it, and so I kept at it. I remember my first couple lessons in the basement of, fr- of a friend's house, just mm-hmm. going through all this stuff, and especially in my skin as a male, not knowing how to dance or move and contort my body in these ways that he's trying to teach me (sighs) again a lesson in humility right Mm -hmm. and you keep adding you keep going and you get the courage to go ahead and do it in a circle and so i just kept vibing off of that and then i became you know i'd go with the friends and fellas different parks different competitions and you know dancing on the streets eventually you know just Mm -hmm. like on the corner you just go ahead and vibe out and then all of a sudden people are putting some money in a hat that's on the ground you're like oh Okay, maybe we can get some food. (laughs) Get some cash. Exactly, exactly. And then it evolves into something else, right? Later on Mm -hmm. into that career in the music and, um, you know, concert uh, side Mm -hmm. of things. And then also, uh, yeah. So uh, what led to your first success, though, there, like, into, like, a career-type success? I mean, there, there's the hat on the ground where you get get cash, uh, but, you know, what what led you to something that you were like, oh, this is going to be a career for me? So there's all these little victories along the way, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest— I vic- love that you call them victories, actually, yes. because yes. I learned something last year from doing this podcast that— um, if you're in a spot where you think it's not going to work out, that just means if you push harder, there's a huge victory yeah. on, the, on the other side. Exactly. So, and, and we and we need those, right? right? Like as 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 people, as artists, because one of the other things that we, we're going to chat about later on is uh, like you know maybe some hurdles you put in your way, right? Mm-hmm. But as an artist, but you go ahead and get these little victories that lead to the big payoff. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was uh, this small company called MGM, and it was um, <laughs> it was it was called Legally Blonde Two. Oh, whoa! And I. I went into the audition not knowing what happened and I looked at the line and it was uh, held at the Treehouse Athletic Club and it was uh, for registration and then it was goes to the gym, wraps around the building, goes all the way downstairs. Mm-hmm. There were some people that were interested right. in auditioning just for this few, project. Right. Just a few. Just a few. And out of that, they had three spots for gentlemen. Whoa. The rest were female. And um, I went in, did my thing, tried to do my best, and they gave me a call back. That was callback number one. I'm like, cool. So it's half Dude, the people. Most yeah. people don't even hear the callback. At all. Yeah. At all, right? Mm, and that's these huge. little victories and failures along the way mm-hmm. help, you know, help motivate me to get to that point. And then they called me back. And it was cool because at first it was everybody. Then it was like um, Odyssey Dance Company, the professional jazz dance company here in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and and me. And then... And then Dude, that's huge. Cool. Like, So you weren't even a part of these huge groups, but you got the callback. I got back. the callback. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at people going, oh, I saw you at Kingsbury Hall. And I saw you at this theater, at the Egyptian, and blah, 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 you know? And that's what's going through my head. But, I, but like, I'm just just being nice and everything. But then I get another third callback. Then it was just gentlemen. And me, James Twaleva, amazing performer, another uh, gentleman, I forget his name, we go ahead and book it. 
and it's you know we're all of a sudden we're on set Reese Witherspoon's there you know we filmed at the Capitol and um and this amazing like the uh, so up to this point I only met the assistant choreographers mm-hmm. uh, Bonnie Story who's been a mentor of mine for for decades amazing incredible human being like without the, her a lot of my success would not be possible and there was another assistant choreographer but the main one comes out is this uh, petite lady leopard mm-hmm. hat acting crazy doing her thing with her energy <laughs> Tony Basil. For for those of you that need a reminder, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're You're so fine. You're blah, blah, My name Mickey. Original locker from the Soul Train. She was the first female hip-hop, like, Mm. locker Mm. on the scene. But she's choreographing this part of the production. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And she said, get on the ground and act like a dog. Because the the song was, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, (laughs) yeah, right? She wasn't being demeaning. She was just telling me, hey, this is your part. And I want you to do X, Y, and Z with the choreography. So that's what I ended up doing. But that was, like, my first big, big, I was on set. It was a legit. Legit movie company, mm-hmm. legit star uh, franchise. You know they were working on their second uh, film, and um, you know, and I made the part. That's yeah. awesome. So, what did you learn from that experience? What What was like the big takeaway? Like after that, the big takeaway was in my self confidence because, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, everybody and their dog was there auditioning, literally. Mm-hmm. And then I got another call back, and it was a professional dance company, and me and maybe some other randoms. And then it was just like me and the professional dance company for those, you know, like the gentleman for that company. It was just like. There's imposter syndrome that happens. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there is self doubt that happens. I can't, yeah. I can't hang with these people, or these guys are getting a legit paycheck. They mm-hmm. get a salary for their product, and I'm sitting there still spinning on my head in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. And so, all, like, what it taught me was that you need to fight through not just the hurdles that are in front of you from society or from the industry, but your own self doubt mm-hmm. and everything else that you put along the way, because the payoff is Reese Witherspoon at the end. <laughs> That's a pretty big payoff. I mean, oh my goodness. So, um, so Ro, tell me about a time that it looked like it wasn't going to work out. Because we kind of touched on like, mm-hmm. you know, our own self-doubt yeah. and all that stuff. But I mean, was there a time where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this? Every day, all day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, every day, all day. And, if and, you're an artist... Or a professional, mm-hmm. let's say, because here, here's here's why, like, sometimes I give these motivational talks, right? Like, right. To either to dance groups or or some corporates and stuff. This is what I tell them. Um, like, I can tell you because I've been, I'm a part of the artistry world, right? Still mm-hmm. doing some dancing and choreography with different projects, DJing, but then also part of the, you know, business side of stuff, especially with uh, being head of business development for FanX and being part of the marketing machine for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, there's all the self-doubt that ends up happening. Uh, and, and so all day, every day, because this is what I can tell you from being an artist in so many different parts of the field to just being in the corporate office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's these doubts that come along. Like, can I get this done for, for this event company? You know, mm-hmm. can, can we go ahead and bring in this people? Can we bring in this sponsor? Are, are they going to reply properly? You know, can we partner up with this planetarium? Can we do X, Y, and Z? Or if I'm there as a DJ, you... <laughs> People don't understand. Like they like we're having fun. We're having a blast. But mm-hmm. I'm queuing up the next track. Mm-hmm. My headphones just shot out. I can't find the track in my crate. Um, you know, my monitor for the stage isn't working properly. And I just got in a fight with my girlfriend. Like so many things right. can go down. Right, right. And you got to be keeping track of all those, all, all those things. And it's like really being able, especially if you come from events, taking a step back being able to take a breath in, breath out, collect yourself in the eye of the storm. And mm-hmm. that is why all of those little victories and failures play such a key role in in what you do because it trains you 
under the most intense pressure. You've been, you've been there at FanX. You mm-hmm. know what oh, happens. Yeah. You, yeah. You've peaked behind the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was, was on the media team. I know exactly. you know <laughs> how much the craziness. Of a is. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, first first contest ever, they go, hey, Ro, here's the keys to the co- cosplay contest car. Go ahead and do your thing. I'm like, how do you guys do your thing? They go, oh, well, you can figure it out because it's yours now. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Thank you for that autonomy, that space. But now I'm doing paper ballots and I have all of these cosplayers and I have my team trying to tally everything up and these judges are doing the x y and z and i remember my first event and i i it was taking so long i run backstage and there's poor uh like her name was mercedes and she like for some reason the all the ballots had like spilled onto the floor oh, no. and all the categories are mismatched and everything mm-hmm. and she's trying her hardest to just put everything back together and it was just all you know, five thousand people just waiting for the results, mm-hmm. and us trying to get it together. It's it's things like that where you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I going to keep it together? Am I going to break down? Mm-hmm. Am I going to find a solution in point two seconds that makes this better? That makes my teammate or my employee, my crew member, feel better. The you how know. am I going to make this work? Exactly. Instead of oh, this isn't working. Exactly. Because right, you've seen so many people freak out. Things mm-hmm. happen. All of a sudden, they and just... my daughter does it all Ooh. the time. <laughs> drop, drop her plate on the floor. Hey, hey, how are we going to figure this out? And she's just bawling, you know. Oh, totally. No, it's, it's, it's a very same human emotion. Right. And one of the best parts is like, first of all, learning more about yourself because you definitely need you need to learn so much, mm-hmm. especially um, in my experience about my faults. Mm-hmm. I have a small circle around me and, and they're amazing people. But one of the things I look to them for is where am I messing up at? Am I not? Cause, cause mm-hmm. I have it happen in the corporate world all the time where all of a sudden somebody like I, uh, they misread an email or I, I didn't get what I requested for. And I look over and I go, did I do something in a, uh, incorrectly with my com- communication? Do I right. need to work on my communication skills before I snap at somebody else, right? right? Because then it's a whole different thing. How can I be better? How can I go ahead and control this and, and just, you know, just make it easy for everyone else during these kinds of challenges, you know? So, yeah. So if you had some advice for someone uh, that's starting out, or maybe this could be something that you wish that you thought, you, you wish that you knew mm-hmm. before you got started, what, what would that advice be? Take risks. Take all the risks in the world. Risks are scary. They are so scary and they are so (laughs) freaky. And are you going to make it? Are you going to like, are these people going to laugh at you? Are they going to judge you? Are they going to not pick you? And the answer is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if you're putting yourself out there at any level, you're bound to come across some of those hurdles. But guess what? Along the way, you're going to develop your own self-confidence. You're going to realize your self-worth. You're going to realize your values and what you stand for and where you want to take your artistry and the fact that you're going to have a fan base that appreciates you and you are able to uplift them. And there's going to be some critics along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's bound to happen. I mean, you know, we, we look at certain certain key figures in pop culture that uh, that were criticized and judged. You know, some religious figures that were criticized and judged. You right. can't win them all. Yeah. You know, you can try, though. You can try your best and do your thing. But the thing is, if you're starting now and the risk, we can uh, we, we can minimize those risks by, hey, I want, really want to become a professional dancer. Great. Learn, look for classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, I'm super new. Okay. Guess what? There's beginner classes. You know, right. try mm-hmm. each and every one out to go to a studio where you find that you, that's your tribe. That's your vibe. You've mm-hmm. got the choreographers that you really love and where you feel like you're learning. Okay. What's the next step? Well, you might want to audition, you know, Oh, I don't want to do a movie audition. Okay. Go for a local play, be a background dancer, be in right. the very back corner. 
but at least it'll give you a taste of certain. And you'll uh, be like, learning. Yeah, exactly. You'll mm-hmm. be learning and you can put that on your resume. So it's these little baby steps. I guess you can just go ahead and say, take baby steps towards your goal. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, after you do enough of those, you'll look back and go, oh, I took a giant leap forward. You know, because mm-hmm. they just accumulate. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be further along than you thought you would have been. Exactly. Little steps closer to that goal. So, Ro, what's next for you? <laughs> So many things. Uh, September 21st through the 23rd, 2023, downtown Salt Lake City, FanX. FanX! We got FanX happening. It's our 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. I call it a reunion because that, like that, usually, uh, that's it the one time really, a year. No, it really is like that, especially when you're behind the scenes. No, you, it, get, you get to see the friends that you just had a blast with. Like It, it used to be six months, right? Because they did yeah. the, it twice a year. But now it's like just last year, you're like, oh, hey. Exactly, it's my buddies again. Right? Exactly, I, I mean, put on another another show. I I barely see you through during the year because you're mm-hmm. so busy. I'm so busy, and then but then also your wife, who's so amazing, and she's still right. helping us out. It's <laughs> right. just incredible. She, uh, there was a point where she was like, I don't I don't know if I I can volunteer to her anymore because she's got some some health issues, but mm-hmm. um, I can't keep her from it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say no. And so every every time it comes up, she just switches switches that around. I'm gonna do it. Okay, you go do it. You go do it. It's only a live event for about you know 100,000 people. You know, yeah. Some right. health issues happen to all of us. Trust me. Yeah. Right. But we have that coming up. Mm-hmm. We just went ahead and announced uh, the cast reunion of Back to the Future with oh, Michael J. Fox coming. Wow. Michael J. Fox, first time wow. ever. Fan X. He just had a. He just had that. Uh, documentary, documentary at Sundance. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and then we have Smallville cast reunion. We have um, Charmed. We have uh, let's see. We have um, Scream. Nev Campbell, Matthew oh. Lillard, wow. Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's super awesome and incredible. The guest list right now, I can tell you this. It is unlike any other show we've had. Of course, you know, fan favorites are always coming back. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that have still not been announced. A, it's their first time in Fan X. They were under contracts with other shows, and now they're free, to, like a free agent oh, okay. to come yeah. and play at other events. Right. You, they're not going to want to miss out. So that's the next thing that's on my list. That's awesome. There's another thing that's happening, another project I'm involved with, Rumble Boxing, that's based out of New York City. Nice. It's, it's one of the biggest out there in the nation. They've started franchising all over. They're coming to Riverton. I'm going to be a part awesome. of their first batch of Rumble trainers here in Utah. Awesome. It's amazing. So if you want to go ahead and listen to awesome music, uh, watch some cool lights. Learn while some boxing shit. from Rowe. Some strike training, some boxing, doing all that stuff. Uh, it's just going to be fun. So Rumble Boxing, of course, you know, I'm always DJing in and out of different events. Halfway to Halloween with Fear Factories happening yeah. this May. And so there's a handful of things that are happening. A lot of passion projects because that's ultimately the thing that got us started with, with all these things, right? It's our right. passion. It's right. our unadulterated, youthful passion. And I went into an original industry of dance where um, I didn't. I overlooked uh, healthcare and a salary and mm-hmm. security and all these things because th- I had a passion for this. I had mm-hmm. a passion for moving, for teaching, for grooving with other people and and adding to a project that's bigger than mine. You know, because mm-hmm. FanX isn't Rose. You know, the cosplay contest, even though I've done it for a handful of years, it's not mine. Mm-hmm. It's the organization lets me be a part of it and I, I'll do my best with it, you know. <laughs> but then you do make it your own, though. No, you do. I mean, I'm not saying FanX is yours, but you you do make it special. We, we try to put a little extra rose spice in there, make it delicious, you know, finger looking good. But it's the help of so many amazing people, people that are smarter than me, people that are so just genuinely, they do it for their passion. You know, Mm -hmm. and so together as a team, we're able to go ahead and create these things. And that's the other thing that I want to go ahead and tell people that start uh, as you go ahead and progress on your journey, 
remember that there's people that are helping you along the way. Give credit to them mm-hmm. and re- reciprocate that to other people that are just starting. When you hit a certain level of of professionalism or a certain level in your journey where you're just above the starting starting line, reach down. Help somebody else out, pass that along, because trust me, that networking and just just the humanity of it all is incredible and it's much needed, especially in today's space, and it's going to pay off in the end. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ro. Uh, thank you guys for listening in. This is Ro Malaga, and it's it's been a great interview. Make sure that you download the podcast, share it on social media, check out uh, other podcasts that we've done. We've got, this is our 21st podcast, so we've got 20 behind this one. So go check some of those out and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Path of Art. If you or someone you know is creative and would like to tell your story, reach out to me at rmeeks at ksl.com. I might feature you on the show. If you liked our conversation, please make sure you follow the show and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help people to discover the show. Also, make sure you follow The Path of Art podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.